We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 884 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. My name is Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks so much for joining us today here at the Pack-A-Day podcast. It is the Christmas edition, and before I kind of jump into some Packers talk, this will be my last episode of the 2020 calendar year, which, of course, has been quite a ride. Um, it's been a, it's been an, a crazy year for a variety of different reasons, as everyone knows, uh, but but I just want to start off by really thanking the members of my podcast team who, in the middle of a pandemic, uh, when it didn't even look like you know football was maybe going to get played at certain times, we didn't know how things were going to go. There were certainly some months in there where uh, topics of Packers conversations were tough to come by, but they brought their A game 365 days uh, this year. They were absolutely tremendous, and I don't get to take the time enough, or I guess 
guess I, I, you know, I should take it more to be honest, but I don't always get to take the time uh, to just thank the members of the team that are so integral to the success. And I, I know, you know, for those of you who have followed me regularly, um, you know, I, I'm the first to say, and it's not tongue in cheek. It is a million percent sincere that the success of this podcast is due to the members of this team. And I get, sometimes I get way more credit than what I should get, um, you know, outside of, you know, assembling the team originally and adding some amazing people along the way. It, it is this team of people that is uh, really the backbone of everything that we do. Um, and and it, I can't say enough about the people and they're great podcasters and they have great Packers knowledge, but the, the, the people that they are is way above and beyond that. And for me to be able to go to them and, you know, usually not even have to give topic ideas, you know, there's literally been a couple months this year where I forgot to put together a schedule and everyone just kept producing content like normal without me, you know, just basically a rudderless ship. Uh, But they were so amazing that they just did it on their own, you know, got their podcast to me. I, I don't think there was one time this year where I had to check up and say, hey, where's the podcast? It gets to me every single day uh, on time, ready to go. I basically add a, you know, a couple, um, a couple advertisements in, you know, since we, you know, moved over to Blue Wire and uh, that's all. And then I upload it and that's what I do. It takes me about five to 10 minutes at most every single day because the team does such a great job with their, their editing and their audio. And I'm just providing a really amazing, um, you know, podcast 365 days a year. So I just want to go one by one and, and thank Alex Strofe, Andrew Mertag, Ben Fennell, Brennan Rupp, Dan Kotnick, Dusty Evely, Gage Bridgeford, Jake Morley, Jacob Westendorf, Jason Perone, Janelle Mackey, Jimmy Christensen, Kyle Fellows, Maggie Loney, Loney excuse me, Mark Eckel, Matt Freilich, Mike Wentlett, uh, Nick Schmitz, uh, who is still with the team, uh, you know, in, in kind of a backup capacity, hasn't been able to do it lately, but uh, certainly been an integral part of this team throughout the years. Owen Reese, Paul Brettel, Perry Goldstein, Rob Rieger, Ross Uglum, Russell Brown, Sarah Kelleher, Steve Perhatch, Tyler Grezegorik, and certainly all of our guests and certainly all of the, the members of the team that are no longer on the team but really helped us launch or, or helped us along the way. I could not do this in any way, shape, or form without uh, all of these amazing people, and I just wanted to take the time to say thank you. Uh, that's where I really wanted to start today. I also wanted to thank you, the listener. I hope you have an amazing holiday season, amazing Christmas, and amazing New Year. I know 2020 has been challenging. Hopefully the the Packers as a whole and hopefully us at the Pack-A-Day podcast have been able to provide some level of distraction. And I just want to thank you, the listener, because you guys have been amazing. The feedback you provide is great. Um, You know, the numbers that we get on a day-to-day basis of people who are listening and downloading the show, I get feedback from literally all over the world uh, telling me me that they're listening to the show. It's overwhelming at times. So I want to thank you as well. I wanted to thank, you know, Blue Wire Audio for, you know, bringing us on board and having us be a member of the team. That's been such an amazing partnership already. I also want to thank Cheesehead TV for posting the audio podcast every single day out on their site. So just incredibly grateful and incredibly thankful uh, for for you, the listener, for those of those of uh, us on the podcasting team, and then as well as our partners at Cheesehead TV and Blue Wire Audio. So thank you so much. I hope this holiday season finds you all well. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, a happy 
happy new year. And uh, I hope, you know, in the next couple months, uh, you know, we've got some amazing Packers stuff to celebrate as well. All right, let's talk some Packers though, because I know that's what you're here for. Thanks for sticking with me uh, through the beginning of this episode as we kind of went through uh, some things that I just wanted to, to really say because I'm so appreciative. But uh, let's start off with some injury updates. Um, you know, the guys tomorrow will be providing uh, a further injury update, especially once we get the final designations. But uh, for, uh, let's see, what, uh, what is it? Thursday's practice, uh, Will Redmond, Jay Sternberger, uh, both did not practice, still with concussions. And I think at least somewhat Jay Sternberger is a little bit of a concern at this point that his concussions and, you know, symptoms have lasted this long and he hasn't been taken out of the protocol yet. That, that's certainly a level of concern. So, you know, first of all, from a human standpoint, hopefully he's okay and hopefully he can get back on the field sooner rather than later. But uh, that's a little bit concerning when it gets to this point and those concussion symptoms continue to linger. I don't have any inside information other than I know he's not been cleared yet. So that's, again, concerning in some capacity. Uh, the only other player that did not practice was Jamal Williams. So again, Will Redmond, Jay Sternberger, and Jamal Williams, the three that did not practice on Thursday. For the Titans, uh, three really interesting players who did not practice. They got Adoree Jackson back. Also, Jeffrey Simmons uh, practiced in a limited capacity. Adoree Jackson was actually in full. So my guess is both of those players are probably going to be good to go for Sunday night. Uh, but three players who did not practice for the Titans, A.J. Brown, Dennis Kelly, and Jonu Smith. So three very integral players to this Tennessee Titans offense. Starting tackle, Dennis Kelly. Starting tight end, Jonu Smith. And of course, you guys all know what A.J. Brown is capable of at wide receiver for the Titans. So those are going to be three names to keep an eye on on the injury report on Friday, as well as when the um, you know injury designations and uh, inactives come out on Sunday. Uh, if, if Titans if the Titans are missing any of those three players, that would be a major major loss for their offense. So hopefully they're able to go. I think you always want to see the best go up against the best. It's certainly a player like AJ Brown, you only get to see him play you know once every four years, assuming he stays with the Titans. So uh, those matchups are few and far between. And AJ Brown, Jair Alexander, those type of matchups can be really really fun. So hopefully he's able to go but definitely some injury names that you'll want to keep an eye on as this week moves along. I'm going to do my best, you know, Andrew Murtag and Kyle Fellows impression uh, going over my key matchups and X factors uh, within this game. Um, I basically got a couple players on both sides of the ball, both for the Titans and the Packers that I'm going to be keeping a special eye on uh, in this game that I think could really make major impacts in this game one way or the other. Uh, for the, the Titans, I'm going to start on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm going to say Jonu Smith because I'm still going to expect that he plays. But even if it's not Jonu Smith, whether it's Michael Pruitt, Anthony Ferkser, Jeff Swaim, who's ever in there, you really have to be conscientious of the tight ends in this Titans offense. And it's really a pick your poison and a double-edged sword for the linebackers and even the safeties at times because you're so cognizant of Derrick Henry and making sure that everyone's rallying to the football and making sure that he doesn't beat you and you're drilled in your head all week long. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. He's got a big bullseye on him. And then of course, Ryan Tannehill, fantastic play action quarterback. And those tight ends are able to operate very, very well in space. And all of a sudden you're sucking up trying to make sure that Derrick Henry doesn't beat you. And now Jonu Smith or Michael Pruitt or Anthony Ferkser, one of these guys are three steps behind you. And, uh, you know, because everyone's focused on Derrick Henry. So I think for the linebackers and safeties, especially Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, you know, Chris Barnes, you know, those type of players are going to really have to keep an eye on 
and the tight ends, especially if John U. Smith is active. Uh, he's just a player, you know, he, he may not beat you the way that A.J. Brown or, or Derrick Henry could, but those guys are probably going to get theirs. And you just got to make sure that the guys like John U. Smith and Anthony Ferkser aren't the ones that are are having a big day and getting, you know, 80 yards and a touchdown or something like that. So I really, really think it's, it's amazingly important in this game to really keep an eye on those tight ends. And I know the focus needs to be on Derrick Henry, but it can't be, you know, with with leaving those tight ends in open space and getting big chunks of yardage down the field in the play action game. So a part of that is going to be making sure that you're stopping Derrick Henry and not having to commit extra resources, that your gap sound, that you're keeping your gap integrity, that you're rallying to the football. Uh, all those things on early downs and controlling Derrick Henry is going to make it quite a bit easier you know, for, for you to be able to keep an eye on those tight ends and maybe not so much play action. Uh, that's going to scare you quite as much. But again, the expectation is that Derrick Henry is probably going to get going. Even if he's not, it's probably because you're putting massive numbers in the box and playing extra close attention to him, which again is going to open up some opportunities for those tight ends. So that is X factor number one. On the defensive side of the football for the Titans, really looking at two players. I'll start with Harold Landry. And, and Harold Landry's had a little bit of a disappointing season. I don't think he's been the pass rusher that they've expected him to. The, the Titans pass, pass rush as a whole, they're basically averaging, one, I think they are averaging one sack per game so far this season. Uh, it's been abysmal. And, and Harold Landry is a player that they really expected a lot from. They also went out and signed Vic Beasley in the offseason to kind of be, uh, you know, the counterpart uh, to Harold Landry, two speed edge rushers. They go get Jadavian Clowney, and I, I, I can only imagine they're thinking, all right, on passing downs, we're going to go with speed off the edge with Harold Landry and Vic Beasley. Jeffrey Simmons and Jadavian Clowney are going to be able to collapse the pocket and, and really provide a quick first step from the, the, the middle and the interior of the defense, and that's going to provide a ton of problems for opposing pass offenses, and it could not have gone any worse. You know, uh, Jadavian Clowney's been injured and he'll be out, of course, this game. Uh, Harold Landry has not performed up to expectations. Vic Beasley was so bad that they've released him and he's he was on the Raiders practice squad for a bit. He just got activated to their roster. So he was a major free agent signing bus, probably off the top of my head, probably the worst free agent signing in all of football this past year was probably Vic Beasley to the Tennessee Titans. I mean, it doesn't go much worse. He did nothing for him and they released him and they signed him to a huge deal. So uh, it's it's been a really really, really rough time for the pass rush. But you look at what Brian Burns was able to accomplish for the Carolina Panthers uh, with his pass rush this past week. Harold Landry and Brian Burns theoretically are very similar in pass rush styles. Now, Brian Burns has been what the Titans hoped Harold Landry was going to be. But Harold Landry every once in a while will still provide that speed and bend off the edge and be able to provide a really quick pass rush, something that could cause issues for Rick Wagner or, you know, Billy Turner if he's out there, dependent upon what happens with Corey Lindsley. And then, on the you know on the opposite side, even David Bakhtiari you know struggled a little bit with that that quick bend move from Brian Burns. So is is Harold Landry as effective with it as as Brian Burns is? No, he, he's certainly not. But he still has that type of ability and he flashes it from time to time. So the worst thing that could happen is all of a sudden you let the pass rush for the Titans get going because that's one of their biggest weaknesses. And if all of a sudden that's cooking for them, uh, that's going to make this game that much harder. So Harold Landry is certainly an X factor for the Titans. And then Kevin Biard, um, he, dude's got. 
three touchdowns already this season. He is one of my favorite players to watch. He is a hard hitter. He can hold up well in coverage. You know, he he could theoretically, you know, match up with a player like Robert Tunyon. Um, he could do a variety of different things, trying to shut down the run with Aaron Jones. Uh, this is a really interesting chess piece for the Tennessee Titans in this game. Again, one of my favorite players to, to watch across the league at that safety position. He can be an enforcer and uh, you just have to kind of be aware of where he's at at all times. And again, three touchdowns on the season. He is a game changer when he wants to be. I actually think, you know, per pro football focus, he's actually coming off his best game of the season as well. So he is a player defensively for the Titans that can change the game in a matter of moments with his big playmaking ability. You got to keep an eye on where he is and make sure that he's not impacting the game in a negative way. It's fine if he's getting some tackles and, you know, maybe playing well in coverage, but you've got to avoid those big plays from Kevin Biard, whether he's, you know, forcing uh, fumbles, whether he's getting interceptions, returning uh, fumbles for touchdowns, whatever it is, you can't let him be a playmaker in this game. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Term and conditions apply. All right, let's jump to the Packers side of the football. On the offensive side, to me, this game very much could come down to MVS and Alan Lazard. And it, it would seem crazy to me if the Tennessee Titans don't at least follow some of the principles that Carolina put into place this past week for trying to shut down Devontae Adams and make sure that he doesn't beat you and that you don't get beat deep. And if that's the situation, if they do in fact take Devontae Adams away and make sure that he can't beat you, then it's going to be really up to Alan Lazard and MBS to step up their games. I already mentioned that Kevin Biard could be used um, on a player like Robert Tunyon. So it's going to be those secondary receivers that, that, that the game could ultimately rely on. I, I very much expect this to be a very, very high scoring game uh, with the Titans offense putting up points um, and, and definitely going on some long drives with Derrick Henry. Um, so it's going to be important that this Packers offense is on their A game. And with them likely trying to shut down Devontae Adams, we'll see what the running game's capable of. I thought they're coming off their best run blocking performance of the year this past week. It'll be a degree of difference if Corey Lindsley's in there, but that should only be an upgrade. But everyone's going to be moving around spots again, which could cause, you know, just take some time for everything to kind of gel and get back, um, you know, the way that, you know, they're used to with, you know, people on each side of them that just haven't been there consistently throughout the course of this season. So, We'll see how the the run game is, but at some point, I expect that 
this is going to be a game that is going to get, you know, that Green Bay is going to need some points in the third and fourth quarter, whether it's playing from behind or whether it's just a back and forth affair. And I think that really comes down to MVS and Alan Lazard, because again, fully, fully expect the Tennessee Titans to take away Devontae Adams as much as possible. So I think MVS and Lazard need to have big games. I think they need to be consistent at the catch point. We saw a big drop from Alan Lazard right before halftime last week. We've certainly seen drops from MVS in the past. This is one of those big games, you know, a playoff caliber game against a really tough opponent. Um, The offense is expected to put up points in this game. And we've seen games like this in the past where the only, you know, the only thing that's stopping the Packers offense is the Packers offense. And that can't be the case if you want to come away with a win against the Titans and, you know, hopefully wrap up home field advantage, uh, you know, depending upon what happens in that, that Seahawks Rams game this week. But uh, we'll see, but I really think MBS and Lazard are going to have to have a big game this week. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going Christian Kirksey. And again, I think you're going to see a lot of power formations from the Tennessee Titans. And I really expect to see you know, Chris Barnes is the number one linebacker again, but I think Christian Kirksey is going to be the primary rundown linebacker uh, next to him on obvious running downs, or is certainly if they're playing three linebackers, it's going to be Martin Kirksey right alongside Chris Barnes. And I just think... In the run game, in these past few weeks, I know people aren't watching this, you know, super closely, but Christian Kirksey's put together some pretty impressive plays where he's able to shed blocks, get to his uh, get to his spot on the field, and make a play on the ball carrier. Now he hasn't been super great at wrapping up in those scenarios, so I think that's something that he's going to have to be that much more cognizant of, especially going against Derrick Henry. But I think that he can have an impact in this game and it, one way or the other, right? If he has one of his games where he struggles again and he's, you know, he's slow to the football and can't track down Derrick Henry and he's missing tackles, then that's going to be a huge factor in this game. On the flip side, if he can be a little bit more of an impact defender in the middle of the field, take on blocks, shed those blocks and make plays on Derrick Henry or at least slow him down, that has the ability to have a huge impact as well. So we're going to see, I think, some more heavy formations from this Packers defense potentially some three linebacker, true linebacker looks. And that means that we're likely going to see a lot of Christian Kirksey. I think you can put Kamal Martin a little bit on this as well. We've seen some physical and aggressive play from Kamal Martin, but a lot of times it's been too aggressive. It's been too fast. He needs to slow down. And this is a game where you can't overrun your gap. You can't miss your gap. You can't be uh, in the wrong assignment. So those linebackers, Christian Kirksey, Kamal Martin, Chris Barnes, they're going to have to have their absolute A game this week. The defensive line is going to have a lot to say. The corners, um, you know, f- coming up and filling their holes in the running game is, is going to be important as well. But if you don't get good play from guys like Christian Kirksey, Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, it's going to make for a very, very long day. And I think Christian Kirksey is going to have to be the guy that kind of gets everything gelled together, is a stout run defender, and is making sure that he's wrapping up and not missing those tackles and making sure that those you know three to five yard runs don't turn into 10, 15, 20, 80 yard runs for Derrick Henry. So that is who I am looking for on the Packers defensive side of the ball. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. 
Bet online, your online sports book experts. One other topic that I wanted to get to today uh, that I have, of course, it's Christmas Day. I have to give myself a present. I have to talk a little bit about Tim Boyle, right? So uh, Joey G, uh, underage Packers, he got to rip on me a little bit this week for my Tim Boyle takes. But uh, if you haven't checked that out, make sure to check out the underage Packers uh, YouTube video. Really good stuff. And uh, I'll definitely take the heat. The prison photo behind me is hilarious. So very well done. But uh, the, the question has come up. What happens if the Green Bay Packers clinch uh, the, the number one seed in week 16 and week 17 against the Bears becomes a game that Green Bay doesn't have to win? Would you go with Aaron Rodgers as your starter still? Would you go with Tim Boyle as the starter and play Tim Boyle a bunch? Or would you give Jordan Love an opportunity to see what he can do out on the field? So I'll, I'll go first of all what I think the Packers will do, and then I'll go with what, what I would do. And what I think the Packers will do is I think they would start Aaron Rodgers in that situation. And then I think you would see Tim Boyle for the majority of the game, if not all of the the rest of the game. And I think you maybe would see Jordan Love active for the first time this season, maybe to just get him a drive at the end of the game or something like that. But I would fully expect Rodgers to get a little bit of playing time uh, just so that he doesn't go in cold, uh, you know, with with a week off, you know, basically two weeks off before the divisional round game. Um, I think that that would be important for him to at least get a couple, you know, a couple drives in, hopefully get a touchdown or at least a couple scoring drives and then maybe get him get him out and, and turn it over to Tim Boyle. So that's what I think they would do. Um, and what I what I would do is is very, very similar. I, I definitely think you want to get Aaron Rodgers at least a little bit of playing time, even if it's just one drive and even if it's just quick passing game and handoff so that, uh, you know, you make sure that he's not, you know, getting any hits or having to scramble around or anything like that. You know, when live bullets are flying, anything can happen. But uh, I do think that, you know, he needs to get in there for at least a series or two, even if it's some safe play calling and, and some max protect or whatever you need to do to make sure that he stays safe, just to make sure again that he's, you know, not off for two weeks. Not that I think it would matter too much with Rodgers, but I still think it's good to see, uh, you know, some live, you know, playing time in between now and, and really a divisional round game that's set up to be a very difficult game, no matter who they go against in that second round of the playoffs. And then I do absolutely believe that Tim Boyle is the play here. And I understand the conversation with Jordan Love of you spent a first round pick on him. You want to see what he can do out on the field. And it's, you know, it's almost like a preseason game. And of, of course, you know, your future is, is Jordan Love. It's probably not Tim Boyle, right? But um, the reason that I say it, it probably needs to be or, it, it, you know, should be Tim Boyle in this situation is a couple things. First of all, he's your backup quarterback. And you're still playing for a Super Bowl this season. And heaven forbid anything happened to Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. And you can make the argument here that if anything happens to Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs, you're probably done with anyway. But let's go back to that NFC Championship game, Packers-Bears 2010, right? Caleb Haney comes in that game. The Bears are still in that until what? The very last drive of the game. I think they're down by a touchdown if memory serves. Like a good quarterback might be able to get you through the ending of a game. Let's say it's an NFC championship. If Rodgers goes out and can't finish a game and you need Tim Boyle to go in, um, and then, you know, hopefully Aaron Rodgers can play two weeks later in a Super Bowl, th- that still gives you a potential and an opportunity to, to go out and win a Super Bowl. You have to do everything you can to win that game. Now, again, if, if you're in a divisional round and Rodgers goes down and he's out the remainder of the year, 
It's probably over anyway, but he's, but still, this is, this is about the here and now. And I do think you have to make sure that your top backup quarterback is ready to go should anything happen. And you need Tim Boyle to step in and at least play well for a quarter or two. Well, maybe Rogers, you know, gets taped up or whether, you know, he can't return this game, but could return the following game. I, I think those things are really important. So right now, Tim Boyle is the backup and I think he needs those snaps to make sure that he's ready to go should he be called upon in a playoff scenario. The second reason is that Tim Boyle is a restricted free agent next year. And they've put a lot of time, effort, and energy into developing Tim Boyle over the course of the last few years. Obviously, they wanted to take Jordan Love, so they don't necessarily feel that Boyle is the future of the franchise or anything like that, but they've still invested some resources in him. And if you remember around the scouting combine, or around the draft, excuse me, uh, Bob McGinnon wrote an article that there were those in, in the scouting community that thought Tim Boyle was a, you know, had some potential moving forward and could be a player in this league. So I think you need to figure out exactly what you have in Tim Boyle before making that restricted free agency decision. And in most situations and scenarios, I think you just say, yeah, we're going to put a, um, uh, you know, like a, a tender on him and make sure that, you know, you can match or something like that. But with Tim Boyle, it's really interesting. First of all, the salary cap's brutal next year. You know, if you put a, if you don't put a tender on him, he's going to go somewhere else probably because, it, you know, they just drafted Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is still there. He's probably blocked in Green Bay. If you put the, an original round tender on him, he's an under Drafted free, he's an undrafted free agent, so you're not going to get anything in return. So that means you're probably going to put a second round tender on him if you decide that you want to keep him. That's a fairly steep price to pay. I think it's around three to four million uh, for the the second round tender. It might even be a little bit more than that. And that's a hefty price to pay when you've already got Aaron Rodgers and, and Jordan Love on your roster, especially in a season where you're not expected to have much salary cap. So to get the opportunity to see maybe what you have against a pretty good Chicago Bears defense to see, to not only one, see if you want to put that tender on him, but two, to maybe showcase him for other teams. And if he goes out and, and dominates, I don't know that it's completely out of the question that if he does great that you couldn't get, you know, maybe some team does sign him and take a shot at it for a second round pick. Do I think it's likely? No. Do I think it's possible? Maybe. But I still think that you want to know as much about Tim Boyle and you want the league to know as much about Tim Boyle uh, prior to having to make that restricted free agency decision and what tender that you want to put on him next year. So I think that's going to be a really interesting decision this offseason that Green Bay has to make. And I think getting him some playing time could maybe legitimately make that decision easier for you. If he goes out and he's terrible, you, you say, you know what, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to put an original round tender, uh, original round tender on him, um, which doesn't come with any guarantees. If some team signs him to a huge deal. So be it. We lose him. If not, you know, we'll bring him back in camp. And if we think, you know, both Aaron, well, obviously Aaron, but if uh, Jordan Love beats him out, we'll, we'll cut him at the end of the uh, end of the uh, training camp with, with no salary cap hit. So I think that's a decision that you have to kind of figure out. And I think this gives you the opportunity to do so. And then last but not least, you know, with Jordan Love, I just asked, you know, Matt LaFleur in his in his press conference the other day where Jordan Love was at, and he said he's made great improvements. So that, that's a great sign. I'm not sure that he would have said anything else no matter what, but I'll take him at his word. And, uh, the, the, but the reason I'm bringing this up is when you, when you, or when I got to watch him and when, you know, anyone that was in the media got to watch Jordan Love through those first training camp practices, he was nowhere, and I mean nowhere near ready to play in an NFL game. I mean, he was a distant third quarterback on the roster. I mean, Rodgers was obviously great, but Tim Boyle was 
clearly, and I mean clearly, the number two quarterback. There was zero controversy there of who would be the backup quarterback. It was clearly Tim Boyle. So my point being here is if he's not ready yet, which I don't know, uh, maybe he's come a long ways. And to be fair, those training camp practices, those were basically like his rookie mini camp, right? There was no rookie mini camp. There's no OTAs. So those handful of training camp practices that I got to see Jordan Love in, those were literally his first practices as a Green Bay Packer. So he was an expected to be good in that situation. But that being said, the worst thing you can do for Jordan Love right now is put him in in a game if he's not ready yet. And you have the, all the time in the world right now with Aaron Rodgers as your starting quarterback that you don't need to pressure and put him in until he's ready. And if you don't feel like he's ready, then wait. There's nothing worse than you know having him see live action and lose confidence or maybe lose you know some of the progress that he's made with his fundamentals because he panics in the pocket because he's not ready to read everything yet. Like that's just the worst thing you could do for Jordan Love at this point. So. Uh, what I expect Green Bay to do in that situation, you know, hopefully it happens, um, is I think Rodgers plays a bit. Uh, I think you see Tim Boyle for the remainder of the game, maybe a series of Jordan Love, but I don't even think that that's the case. But I do think you'd see Jordan Love active. And again, I would do the exact same thing if I were the Packers. And if you were really concerned about Rodgers, then uh, to me, then then Boyle goes in as the the starter and, and Jordan Love's the backup. And, the, you know, no way that, that Aaron Rodgers probably sees the field unless it's an, an emergency situation. Even then, just throw Tunyon in or something, see what the hell he could do at quarterback just for kicks because it doesn't matter. So that's what I would do in that situation. That's what I think they would do. That's going to do it for me. Thanks so much for joining me on this Christmas edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, Thank you so much again for being a loyal listener. I appreciate it so much. Uh, Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. It it helps us a ton. Um, If you haven't yet checked out the YouTube uh, version of the Pack-A-Day podcast, make sure to check that out as well. Um, I've been having a ton of fun. I usually do about a 10 to 12 minute episode every single day, just like we do here at the Pack-A-Day podcast, just a little bit shorter. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, it's now basically a running joke that we still have, you know, 20 minutes a day at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, we've not stayed to that in about 99% of our episodes. Am I, am I going to take it out? No, because like I said, it's a fun inside running joke at this point. Uh, but uh, today I went pretty close, just a little bit over that 20 minute mark. But have a Merry Christmas, have a Happy Holidays, have a Happy New Year. But most importantly, go Pack Go. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.